$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the Collector's Club with Bryce, Michael, and Ivy. I know a story of high strangeness or two. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, hello. Welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And our super producer, Riley Bray. Oh, baby, it's your BCC boys, the three of us, for a little clubhouse hang this week. Yeah, Um, we're doing this thing. We're doing this thing, as they like to say. <laughs> we, sh- we sure are. So as, we as are the kids doing say. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm getting excited because summer's coming up soon. And I just wanted to remind our audience that we do have a deal with the jet ski god Neonis, which we have not forgotten about. Bryce... <laughs> Bryce, um, I, quick check-in. How are things? Are you in touch with his daughter, Tate? Do you have oh, yeah. any communication? Oh, you do? Okay. How's the no, jet yeah, ski we're dimension? Tight. We're tight. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Could yeah, you, we're doing, could like, you, uh, we're doing could, like... Could you send me her what, number? Riley, what? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I can hook you up She just sure. seemed, you know, kind of interested, so... Oh, that's well, true. Doing- La- yeah, that's, that's true. Last time we saw Tate, she seemed to take a shining to Riley. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. we follow yeah. each other on Instagram now, and like that's going really well. It's like you know, reacting oh. to each other's stories and stuff. But you know, I thought maybe you know, interesting. Okay, okay, okay. Noted. All you right. don't mind though, right? Uh, like that's cool. No, that's no, cool. a lot of new information coming in, just coming in okay. fast. That's okay. Yeah. All right. No, I mean, I figured I'd ask you first. Hey, man. Got it. There's plenty of merch chick out there for for the both of us. <laughs> What's weird. <laughs> Is that we should have used fish far. in the sea? That seemed like the obvious fish in the choice. Sea, I didn't fish even come to my right head. Choice. Yeah, man. It's weird because oh, well. I have followed both 
Tate and Neonis on Instagram have not followed me back. Um, <laughs> oh, I even like followed Pontunis, and she's not following me back. So, <laughs> oh man, oh no, man, it's a little rough. But anyway, let me just say, um, the the water's getting warm, guys. All right, if you're out there listening, the water's getting pretty warm. Um, all right. <laughs> take that however you will (laughs) (laughs) um all right uh bryce what do we have planned for this week's episode between just the three of us i'm really glad you asked michael because it's the end of the month which (laughs) means like an infomercial we're (laughs) we're diving into the mailbag and going through the l files there are stories of high strangeness submitted by our listeners and i love l files because, you know, we're the Collectors Club, and we are actually collecting these stories of high strangeness. Now, if you have experienced something you can't explain, you got to write to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. And we're probably going to read your spooky story on a future L-Files episode. So get that done. We love hearing uh, yeah. you guys' incredible mm-hmm. stories. I want to I, I wanna, uh, say that I appreciate everybody who's sending stuff in. We're getting mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. repeat writers which is okay but we want to hear from some new people as well and let's hear your real your real scary stuff okay let's hear like stuff that has really blown your mind because i listen to some of these other podcasts i know you guys are out there experiencing Mm -hmm. the paranormal all right so if you're if you haven't written one in yet then now's the time we want to help you unpack your experience and yeah, look, maybe you didn't see a ghost. Maybe maybe you had a mystical experience where you met a demigod uh, yeah. in your dream sleep. I don't know, but I want to hear about it. Absolutely. Maybe you fell into Loch Ness and then traveled to the undersea kingdom of Nessie and her friends. I mean, you that know would we're be- going to want to hear about that. <laughs> That's definitely. Definitely one we're going to read on the air. Uh, but please do send in your stories to Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. Before we dive into the mailbag today, excuse me, let's do a little club housekeeping. Guys, you know, we just dropped the BCC Records three, three pack. I mean, it's not really yeah. a three pack. They don't come together, but a set of three new BCC record shirt, Wolf Brother, Club Bryce, BJ and the Shadow Bats, all designed by James Maholland. You guys, you were like, well, surely they're not going to release more merch this Get month. Yours now. Well, guess what? We have a new merch alert. Honey Moore is back, and she has designed a sequel to last year's Zombie Bigfoot's Scary 16 Monster Showdown Ultimate Champion Tee. And it's wow. simply called Ultimate Champion 2, featuring, okay. well, this year's Ultimate Champion. We don't want to spoil it. If you haven't already listened to the Monster Showdown episode, we dropped back in March. But it's currently up on our Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club. If you want to take a spoiler-filled peek, and I will say, you guys have seen it. This is probably the goofiest shirt that we've done so far, <laughs> which is saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. Last year we had, um, I'll say for legal reasons, an extraterrestrial holding a hologram that's connected to uh, a, a haunted clown book. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, this year there's even more mishmash and mashups in one shirt. It, <laughs> it's really going to be a shirt that 
people are going to ask you questions. What yeah. the if fuck? You like, if you like people talking to you, you're yes. going to need this shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are really going to scratch their heads over this one. And then I think you, dear listener, might be the type of person that will be delighted to explain what they're looking at. But Honey did, this is by the way, Honey did an amazing job. It fits right in with last year's shirt. We're thrilled with it. It's just sort of what we asked her to draw, uh, you know, is a bit strange. So go check that out on the Instagram. Uh, If you know who Ultimate Champion 2 is, not the runner-up. Maybe there's still room for a runner-up shirt. I'm not saying no to a runner-up, but we had to give our champion a shirt first, okay? If you want a runner-up, write in, and maybe we'll make it happen. Um, but I'm very happy. I'm very happy to have another piece of art in the BCC uh, collection. Oh, yeah. No, it mm-hmm. feels good, man. I love the BCC merch. It's just uh, so unique and incredible. Yeah, guys. We, like have better mer- we have better merch for our fake bands than I do for my real band. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should say, if you want to pick up a shirt, go t- uh, f- click the link in the show notes of this episode or go to wearecampfire.media. Click that shop button or just hit the link tree in our Instagram and uh, Twitter at Bigfoot Collectors Club and at Bigfoot Pod. Okay. Support the show. By joining our Patreon, BCC, The Other Side, for a $5 monthly pledge, you'll receive a minimum of three bonus episodes every month. Later this week on The Other Side, we will be discussing episodes two through five of season three of Expedition Bigfoot with Bryce. And dude, there's some really weird stuff happening right now on the new season of Expedition Bigfoot. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I'm really I can't wait to talk to uh, our Patreons about it, and you and Riley, of course. Yeah, there's some. It's getting weird this year, man. But uh, a, a lot of great stuff. Um, just off the top of my head, we got Shadow Bigfoots. We've got um, underwater totems. Uh, yeah. We have uh, perhaps a cloaked Bigfoot moving through a, a zone. Uh, yes, did we thermals get to the kill site yet. Kill site happened. Monday night as of this record. So last yeah. night, Sunday wow. night. Yeah. So last right. night. Yeah. And um, that was super dark and scary. So yeah. uh, we got a, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we yeah. sure do. Join us uh, over there. Yeah. Bryce is, oh. Bryce is going more than 15 feet into the woods this season. Yeah. Yeah. And operating submersible drones. Pretty sweet, you looked, right? You looked really cool operating that thing. I was like, was dude, that thing was so fun, man. Let I me bet. tell you. And the capabilities of it were astounding. I mean, uh, I just love that stuff. You were uh, down there looking for an entrance away back into the uh, jet ski dimension, obviously. Yes, I was. I absolutely was. Or somebody's secret stash of forest porn. Uh, remember how we've <laughs> talked about that in the past? Of I'm course, not saying somebody. It. it could be buried underwater. I don't. It know. could be river porn. You put it in a plastic bag, <laughs> dump some rocks in there, make sure everything's sealed up tight in some Ziploc bags, and you got your some yourself some Happy. well preserved river porn. Pappy, what's that? That's my river porn. <laughs> Nobody will go looking for it in the river. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of river porn. Um, <laughs> And by Riverport, I mean the other side. Um, we uh, we we definitely owe um, our patrons shout outs. So yes. uh, I just want to say to everyone, stick around at the end of the show. We'll be making our list or our way through this list. And um, 
over the next few episodes, I think we're going to do it. Is that what yeah, you're we have a lot right? of people to think. because yeah, there's we a lot. Yes, done it in 2022. Yet I realized I was like, wait right. a minute, we have Our bad. a lot of people to think. <laughs> so we will be getting to you uh, over the next few weeks, beginning yes. with this episode. And finally, yes. be a five star club scout. Give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it helps get the show to more people. If you do, we might read it on the air, like this one. Curious Scott writes. Keep doing the good and true work. These odd fellas have won me over with their unique brand of comedy, topic research, varied guests, and passion. I've been binging for a minute now, and I don't see an end in sight. Five stars. (laughs) Neither do we. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) There's no light at the end of this tunnel. (laughs) It just keeps going. Thank you, Scott. And your passion allows us to keep falling down that rabbit hole. So we appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Love that. Thank you, Curious Scott. Appreciate that, man. All right, clubhouse keeping. Let's put our brooms and dustpans away. We're all tidy up and we're ready to get into this episode. Bryce or Riley, let's get ready because we have some... BCC News! That's right, boys. New message to aliens will reflect on Earth in danger. Of climate crisis, reported by Keith Cooper at space.com, so you know that's legit. So a A new message is going out into space? Yeah. Yeah. Remember the old message? We put it on like a gold album, like a fucking... Like or a vinyl record. record into the city. Yeah, totally. Girl Sagan's had, like, project. Yeah. A boy and a dude. Uh, like, girl and a guy. Wait, a boy and a dude? And... <laughs> no, no, no. Batman and Robin? <laughs> yeah, it was Batman and Robin. We sent original episodes you know, of Batman. I'm going to get back space. to the new story. A radio <laughs> signal designed to bring Earth's climate crisis to the attention of alien life will be beamed to the Trappist-1 planetary system in October. The message has been devised by Medi International, a group of scientists, sociologists, historians, anthropologists, and artists who have come together with a common belief that humanity would benefit from beaming messages to the stars rather than just waiting to receive a message from aliens. Medi stands for Messaging Extraterrestrial Intelligence, as opposed to SETI, the more passive search for extraterrestrial intelligence. The Goon Hilly Satellite Earth Station in Cornwall, UK, will broadcast the climate change message on October 4th to coincide with the beginning of World Space Week, which this year has the theme of space and sustainability. Quote, any aliens receiving our message won't be surprised to hear about our climate crisis, end quote. Douglas Vakoch, president of Medi International, told Space.com, they've had decades to observe our plight from afar. Whether or not aliens already know about us, successfully communicating with them will be difficult. Alien life will not know our languages or understand our culture and may even interpret the universe around them differently than we do. Quote, the great challenge of interstellar communication is to establish a common ground for understanding. End quote. What was that movie where they're talking to the big squid in the tank? Arrival. Yeah, Arrival. Are you yeah. sure that's a no? That's one with Charlie Sheen, right? Where their knees bent. No, that's the Arrival. Arrival oh. is oh. one where the tetrapods 
Yes. Uh, birth and they, they have to, fi- Amy Adams has to figure out how to communicate. Right. With She's got the little chalkboard with the erasable dry eraser and it's mm-hmm. fun. She's like, do we do shapes, colors? Yeah. Uh, but that's basically what they're talking about here. So to tackle that problem of figuring out some common ground, the Goonhilly message will begin with the periodic table of elements. Since the chemical elements are universal, any scientifically knowledgeable aliens should recognize the periodic table. Medi International argued the content would create common ground for the message to then describe some of the environmental challenges we are facing here on Earth. Now, the TRAPPIST-1 system is 39 light years away. So if anyone there does detect a message, we should not expect a reply for at least 78 years. Oh, that's that's, rewarding work. I know, but that's so (laughs) close. 39 light years away. That feels very close, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll never know. Light, I'll, be close. <laughs> I'll be dead. Yeah, I'll be in long seventy-eight gone. years, if we haven't solved the climate crisis, I don't think this is going to matter. Yeah, no Just kidding, saying. right? Wow. Just well, saying. however, the likelihood is that technologically advanced alien life will be far older than us humans, since the universe is thirteen point eight billion years old, and we're just newcomers on the scene. The message's authors hope that this age gap could offer hope for humans facing the climate crisis. If an alien species has managed to survive perhaps millions or even billions of years, well, then it's just probably safe to assume that they'll have long ago solved any climate issues they have may have faced and would now exist in a stable society. Yeah, Riley, Unless they, they could jump planet up. Well, but if they blew their planet up, then they're not here to they're not there to receive the message anyway. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Good. Well, unless they're on a spaceship, right? Maybe they're. Lost in space. Maybe they're lost in space, and then <sighs> then our planet will be worthless to them anyway. But but Riley, if they didn't blow up their yeah. planet and they saw this, they can jumpstart Earth back into you know they can they can jumpstart it. They're gonna come <laughs> by and start like Earth. calling Interstellar AAA right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing because they're gonna come back and they're gonna be like, oh, you, we can, we know how to reverse it. We can rebalance the climate. We just have to do these things. They just turn it to ashes in like 10 seconds. (laughs) There we go. There's the old restart on planet Earth. That's what our planet looks like. I thought you guys wanted our help. We come from a desolate, barren ash planet. They're just like, they're sentient cigarette butts. And we're like, no, 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 go back. (laughs) No, 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 never mind. (laughs) Their UFOs are ashtrays. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you guys get the idea. There's too much article left for me to finish, but uh, <laughs> there's yeah. literally half a paragraph. Like, no, left. I'm done with it. No, I can't. I can't anymore. It just feels like it's taking forever. In my you mind, it's yeah. It's just time is expanding as I read this thing. Well, I'll read the last. I'll read the le- very last paragraph. However, okay. it's unlikely that Medi International will hit pay dirt so soon talking about getting a reply if quote if we get a reply from trappist one we'll know that the universe is chock full of intelligent life vakach said more realistically we may need to repeat transmissions like the one to trappist one to hundreds thousands even millions of stars before we reach one that is inhabited by radio astronomers see isn't that a like they're searching for radio astronomers, but they're also talking about super intelligent space uh, traversing life. But we sure hope they use AMFM. Like, but they're going to use ra- – they'll, they'll know how to use radio. radio. astronomy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they'll know yeah. that it's a rudimentary science for planets where they're looking for life that's younger than them, you know? Yeah. The problem is if we hit a planet that's younger than us and there's still dinosaurs over there. I mean, then, you God. know. What- you know, it, it, there really could be a, a- – a time and place and maybe even in our lifetimes where we 
you know, we're sending signals out. We're getting responses. Maybe this thing could open up. Like, I mean, who wow, knows, you did a right? real Anything's turnaround possible. on that one, Bryce. You went, <laughs> you went from to like, you know what? Maybe this will work. You know what? Maybe this is a good idea. <laughs> well, I like it's better. It's it, at least it's active, right? Like uh, as opposed to SETI just waiting there with all those satellites. They're, yeah, we're, we're putting stuff out there. You know, we're making content. We're Earth Although, content creators. <laughs> the way that, yeah, I mean, the, it does sound like the way they described Medi, a group of scientists, sociologists, historians, anthropologists, and artists. I mean, the, that <laughs> right. basically it does sound. That yeah. does sound that also just sounds like the evil collective from Watchmen. I mean, it does sound like that's like classic right. com- that's like classic comic book trope where you're like, oh, these guys are awesome. And then you find out that they're going to like wipe out half the planet, you know, to save the environment. You're like, wait a minute. Uh, right. This is Thanos. Um, Man. Yeah. I don't know. Good. We'll see. I good mean, stuff. there was no climate crisis before uh, industrialization. So, you know, that's- I don't know. Very true. Mm, something to be said for those. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right. Never mind. Never mind. It's a great idea. Let's the aliens will save us. Please save us, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to worry about it, right? Yeah, I so mean, we don't have to worry about point. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just like it really is like no, I just before we go to break, I just do want to say no one is coming to save us. We have to do this ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> just to be no clear. One's coming. Uh, <laughs> no one is coming to save us, guys. Let's take yeah. a break. And when we come back, we'll see if we can save this episode of BCC. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, everybody, it's time to dig into those L files. I've got one right here. We're going to kick it off. This involves a video that uh, the listener said uh, we could share. So, boys, uh, at your respective desks, please pull the video up and get it ready. And if you're listening at home, uh, this video will be available on our Instagram page at Bigfoot Collectors Club. So, you'll be able to watch it there. Um, All right, here we go hello bcc i recently discovered your podcast via the monsters among us podcast shout out Derek Hayes, and you guys are a lot of fun to listen to i haven't submitted this potential ufo sighting anywhere yet other than a post on facebook and to family okay see this is the kind of stuff i'm talking about yeah this is good it was an early riser i was an early riser excuse me at the time in 2019 I would often get up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym. I lived in Mar Vista. For those who don't know, it's a small town tucked between Culver City and Santa Monica. So this is right in our backyard, boys. Uh, That's me, uh, not the writer. Uh, I lived on a hill which gave me a great view of the distant ocean on clear days. On this particular morning around 4.30 a.m., I noticed something odd over Santa Monica and immediately started to record with my phone, having to zoom in a bit, hence the slight grainy quality in the video. You can hear me talking to my uncle Ray as I planned on sending this video to him because he and I share a love for all things otherworldly and unexplained. We all need an uncle Ray in our life. Don't we? Yeah, we do. Mm -hmm. So the video and the lights were hovering and I initially thought it was one big triangular craft. Then it started to spin slightly, never losing altitude, and one light faded, then started to lightly blink and float off to the left. I didn't get the rest of this in the video, but the other two continued to spin and one faded, then flew off to the right, similar to the one that initially went left, while the other just faded away. 
I couldn't find anything on military helicopters doing something of this sort. And being as steady as these uh, lights were, also I feel like there is always some sort of blinking light associated with such craft. And there wasn't at first with any of these three. If you have any idea to what this could be, I'd love to hear it. Please feel free to share this video picture as you see fit. Thank you, Nick. Um, so I don't Let's know take if you a guys, look. yeah, pull this up. Uh, the rest yeah, of you go over it. to Instagram, take a look at this video. Um, yeah. it, it, it does like we're, it's, he's filming into the night sky. You see some apartment buildings and buildings on the ground, but it does look to be a black triangle craft. That was the first thing that I thought as well. Right. Now you'll see it's rotating. And at first I thought that the lights as they fade, they're just, they're just disappearing behind the edge of the craft that's turning, you know, towards video, towards camera. Um, but he says that, you know, they the individual lights either faded or flew off. So it sounds like these three lights break apart and go in different directions. Wow. Now, are you guys looking huh. at a video or the photo? Yeah, well, there's a photo the and there's a video. Okay. Oh, I'm so downloading take, the video right now. We'll put the video up as well. So okay. uh, right, cool. while we wait for Bryce to take a look at the video, Riley, what are your thoughts? I'm watching it and it is pretty crazy. It does it does it doesn't look like helicopters to me. No. Um yeah, at first it did look it, as you described, it looked like one large craft. Now the I'm watching it and the first light is just sort of vanished. Yeah, because you think it's like, well, this is classic black triangle, uh, black triangle with like UFOs that people see with like the lights of the points of the triangle. Right. Oh, and now one just popped up over there. Mm -hmm. When when he was writing about where he is, I was like, well, that's like right on the flight path of LAX. So I was like, oh, that's probably going to be something. Yeah, but this doesn't look like a plane. When I watch this, it doesn't look like that at all. Yeah. Oh, I'm watching the video now. Yeah, I feel like I can see the hard edge of the triangle. That you know, it does look like a black triangle to me for sure. But the one, the one on the bottom right moves in. Mm. But is, could and that be the out, far the top one disappears? Could that be the far point? You know, if you're picturing a light oh, to turn, the end of each triangle, right, like turning away. rotating and turning away, so it would look like it was fading when it's really just hidden behind the edge of the craft on the other side of the craft. Right. Yeah. And then the mm, one when it comes back around on the left, it is blinking, which then it does kind of look like a plane, but it's not. I don't know. It's there's something. There's definitely something the way, and it's just hovering there too, right? It is, yeah. I mean, I suppose it could be helicopters that are getting obscured by or an optical cover, illusion of a plane, or, like yeah, flying some sort of illusion him. created by yeah, created by distance or something like that, and so and you're not perceiving the the blinking lights of the craft because it's far enough away, but you're seeing maybe like, do planes have headlights? Is that a thing? I don't yes. know. Yes. Yeah, they have, well, they have flight they lights, do, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe it could be some sort of something like that, but I'm definitely not discounting this at mm. all. This is a really interesting video. It's cool. It's one of the cooler yeah. ones I've seen. Bryce, what do you think? Yeah, man. I, I Well, I don't know. It's like you said, when I, when I first pulled up the video, I see what looks like that a triangle a triangular craft you know um i feel like i definitely see the edge of that triangle yeah it's weird man now is he saying that um 
the lights on this on on each uh, apex of the triangle they moved individually and they did separate things. Is that right? He says after he stopped the video, this is the other yeah. thing that that the one on the left flew like one flew off to the left, one flew off to the right, and the, another right. just the remaining one just disappeared. Yeah, because that's UFO behavior, right? So yeah. like you know people do report like especially in these triangular craft encounters or like sometimes formations yeah they'll see like one of the ends of the triangle like you know separate from the main craft and become like yep. a scout vehicle or like you know <laughs> exhibit its own light and then like come back to the mothership and it does all kinds of strange shit um that a, that a regular you know metallic craft shouldn't be able to do like you yeah know? maybe they're like three separate crafts or orbs that sort of like lock in in a like triangular formation and can move as if they're one unit, but then they can also move individually, you know? Yeah. So it's like a, like know. a Power Rangers kind of phenomenon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. But it'd be like right. there's an invisible structure there that they like all sync up and then it moves as one triangle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like mathematically perfectly, I would imagine is in my head. I have to say now that I've watched this a few times while we're talking, it does not, this does not look like the movement of planes on a flight path at all. I no. don't think like, so either. They don't move that yeah, not slowly. At all. And I the grew way up that next to an like airport. I used to watch planes. Yeah, I used to watch planes all the time growing up, and it doesn't. I don't know. There's some. There's, let us know what you guys think, listeners. Um, uh, Nick, I think you might have a genuine UFO uh, video, but you know we don't know. Uh, but I'd love to hear what our, our club scouts think. Uh, please yeah. leave your comments in in our Instagram. Either way, keep grinding it out yeah. at 4 a.m. Good on you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, this next story is actually a, a voice memo. We got a good old-fashioned voice memo sent in. This never really got off the ground, but listener Julie sent us. Would you guys want to hear it? Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. Here we go. Hi, guys. So I've been an avid listener for about three and a half years now. Which says a lot about how awesome you guys are. Uh, considering the number of podcasts I've tried, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too picky. So anyway, uh, I think I saw something the other day. Um, I was in my front yard and I was watching a pair of bald eagles riding the thermals when another bird flew into view. Um, it was at a slightly so. Bleh, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> it was at a slightly <laughs> lower altitude. Only it looked more like a line, like a flying rectangle. Uh, the birds, the two eagles, they didn't register it. They didn't look at it. Nothing. Um, they just kept doing their thing. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it was far away enough away that it just didn't pose a threat. So, anyways, as I'm watching this whatever it is um it never flaps its wings it never pitches or yaws or rolls or whatever those aeronautical terms are that airplanes do and birds um it just continued to fly and then got over the tree line and then just slowly dropped until it was out of sight so <laughs> that's my story uh anyways love you guys uh Totally enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. Kisses. What do you think, guys? Pterosaur? Mm. Mothman? What do we got? Or plastic bag. Or, uh, or <laughs> kite who's lost its string. Right, right. 
alien uh, bird perhaps i don't know um it was all, but where is she living that she's watching bald eagles in her front yard like man she's doing she, julie's doing she's something doing it right. right i'm telling yeah. you what <clears throat> definitely i mean what do, what do you think michael what, what how would you I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those, like, at least you have birds there that you're watching to compare it to, you know, and you're like, this is moving differently than this. I mean, who knows what this is, right? Um, It's funny because we got another email sent in. Someone had, it was, it was so hard to decipher. Um, It took me repeated viewings until I saw it, but like somebody had sent in another video of some strange, uh, um, that they caught on the news of a shot of like the bri- of bridge in their city of this thing shooting at high speeds under the bridge, and it's like, okay, that could be a bird. It's hard to tell. I don't know, but this this sounds strange that it didn't. You know, there were no flapping wings, but it's making me think that there's some there's some new winged uh winged cryptid activity going on out there, and if that's the case, mm. I'm excited about that. <laughs> Yeah, man. Always waiting to discover the new cryptid, right? Because obviously this shit happens, man. People report strange stuff. I wonder what the next big big cryptid will be. But don't you remember in the stories of like the owl man, the Cornish owl man? Yeah. And I think in other stories of cryptids where they would talk about eyewitnesses were like, the thing would be hovering above the tree, but it wouldn't be flapping its wings. The wings right, would yeah. be extended, but it would be sort of bobbing and like, hovering there. Like floating. Yeah. A lot of these things float, don't use their wings. They're just sort of, yeah, uh, lazily moving about the sky. Yeah. It's it's almost like it's a a visual representation of what the thing is, interpretation instead of like the actual physical thing. So I I don't know. I don't know, Julie. Keep, I would say keep watching those bald eagles. And if you see anything else weird, please let us know. Definitely. And maybe film it. Yeah. Send it to us. Yeah. That'd be awesome. yeah, keep get the camera out there and have a little co- have a little. You know what? Why don't you listen to BCC and watch those birds and keep a camera handy and uh, see if you see anything weird like that again. Have your little BCC break. <laughs> We're making you work and listen to the podcast at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You work for the podcast now, so yeah, yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, we don't pay, but we <laughs> offer uh, college credit. <laughs> All right, Bryce. Thank you, Julie. Bryce, what do you have for us? All right, here we go. Hey, Bigfoot boys. Had a short story to share inspired by a recent Expedition Bigfoot. It's been a bucket list item of mine to camp on a beach. Last summer, I took my eight-year-old daughter, fan of the podcast, and a friend from work who is also now a fan. Thank you. I love that. That's great. And we went backpacking one night on Third Beach. Bryce, this may sound familiar. In season two, you went to Second Beach where the local tribal member was talking about the disappearing, crouching Bigfoot. They're basically neighboring. I know exactly uh, where you're talking about. So I know this can be a bear area, so I was a bit on alert, especially with my kiddo there, but of course, always on alert for Squatch. So you have to put your tents way up, so so high that the tide doesn't get you in the night. Now you can see in the one pick, our orange tent in the distance there nestled by that hill. There was about four more parties camping on the beach, but everyone was quite spread out. So we weren't alone, but it was darn quiet and isolating nonetheless. So my friend and daughter fell fast asleep, snoring all night. I basically laid there awake with this terrified feeling the entire night. 
I played it off somewhat to my worry about bears, though we are avid campers. I kept trying to peer out the window of the tent, but obviously it was beyond pitch black. At some point during the night, rocks started hitting the side of our tent. Of course, my first thought, Bigfoot throws rocks. (laughs) Attempting to talk myself off a ledge, I said it must be erosion. We're in a harsh environment, though it wasn't windy in the least, but anyone who's been to these cold Pacific beaches know, even when the wind is calm, the environment is relentless. But after I saw the recent episode, I had to write in. That rock fall Ronnie and Maria experienced on the bank of that river, identical. That is exactly what I experienced, as if something on the top of the ledge was kicking them down or at least up there moving around smaller rocks larger rocks definitely didn't help me calm down and sleep as i envisioned how big of a rock could hit our heads and my vision all night that something big was hanging out up there this wasn't anything i saw warnings about when preparing to camp there and reading tons of camp reviews uh not don't mention like be aware when choosing tent placement And both the afternoon before bed and the next morning when we were just eating, hanging out, enjoying the enormity of this wilderness, we didn't experience the rock fall. It was just during that stretch of dark night. Anyway, had to share, included a few pics of the gorgeous but eerie spot. Keep doing what you're doing, Annie. Wow. Yeah. This is incredible. Also, Mm -hmm. Annie, very smart to go to the Yelp reviews and be like, let's see if anybody else has experienced this rock fall. (laughs) You know, that's my honestly super smart. No doubt about it. I like that you're doing your deal diligence of just being like, okay, but it is strange. Bryce, don't you think that was just in that, as she says, dark stretch of night? Yes, man. That's great. I mean, when you're out there and you're feeling vulnerable in your tent, man, every little sound, every little branch break, every rock is like you know, enlarged, but hitting your tent, that's crazy. That's like a little too yeah. close for comfort. I don't yeah. Like that. And it is interesting that the smaller rocks obviously hit the tent. So you could think logically, I'm thinking if I'm, if I'm a intelligent Sasquatch up there and you know, I'm going to throw the little rock cause I don't want to hurt them. I'm going to get their attention kind of like throwing pebbles at the window. You know what I mean? Yeah, to to right. wake up your friend. You get their attention. Then you start showing off your strength by being like, okay, so you know I can hit you, right? Well, I can also pick this up and then boom, donk, donk, here comes a heavier rock, you know? Refrigerator, Mm, cars, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But sending that message of like, I can hit you if I want to, so you should probably just know that you're getting close to my territory here. Oh, totally. You know, you would have to imagine these creatures are incredible shots with these rocks because, you know, what I think is interesting in a lot of these reports i read about rocks being thrown at them usually they're like so close to their target like they'll hit like a tree right by their face or you know they it's almost as if the witness knows that they were they were being missed on purpose you know what i mean that if these creatures wanted to hit them square in the face with a stone they could easily accomplish that perhaps it's a a hunting tool you know well of course i mean if you're if you live out in the woods and you're like a nature man, you know, or a nature animal. <laughs> I yeah, guess all yeah. animals are nature animals. Yeah, I'm a nature like, man. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's go down like, this road. Yes. You're, you have so much. I mean, yes, you're spending all your time surviving and hunting and gathering. But like, 
you know, if you're that intelligent, you're going to be able to, you're going to spend a lot of time practicing throwing rocks and getting really good at it. Yeah, <laughs> you know 100%. what I mean? Yep. Totally. Yeah. It's probably a great way to kill little, little animals too. Like for little snacks, like a little squirrel or a bird. Yep. Just eat it right up on the go. Little squash now, bites. Yeah. Now yeah, I'm imagining like, bite. yeah, that's right. Now I'm imagining like little chipmunks heads exploding <laughs> with like rocks being thrown <laughs> at them, but then a Bigfoot walking up and just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Squatch snack. What was it? What did like, you say? I, squatch snacks. Yeah. yeah squatch, 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 snacks. Bites, squatch bites. Squatch bites. There's small squatch bites and then there's squatch bites. Yeah. I like though, uh, Michael, what you were saying. Cause like it, that, that is is a form of communication right it's like communicating yeah. its its skill it's communicating its intelligence mm-hmm. it's like a you know it's sending a, a message which is is beyond just sort of like an animal like it's uh something else you know something yeah. with a, awareness consciousness and the desire to communicate which is yeah. very interesting yeah that what's tracks, that message I... like don't don't leave your tent at night like leave in the I... morning you're allowed yeah. one a one night stay on Third Beach. <laughs> like what? Yeah, I th- I think it's got to be like. I think it's just a way of saying like, be careful I'm out here. here because you are yeah. not you. This is you know like you are not. This isn't public land. You're not at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. This is somebody else's land, so watch yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then just and it's not, showing and it's not public land. All those beaches along that coastal area are are private. They're uh, they're indigenous lands uh, all well, along that coast. I guess I mean I meant it belongs to Bigfoot, right? You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. No, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Yeah. But I was <laughs> but just saying think- those are very private beaches. Yes. Right. So but it's yeah. not like just like some, some kids up no. on the hill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. 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 So I think I think it's that. I think it's like. Saying I can hit, I can hit you, and I can hurt you if if need be. So just this is just a warning shot to let you know, yeah, like totally. If yep. if you're just in your tent, you're hanging out, you're not going to mess with us. That's fine, but you're not alone out here. So right. don't just be aware. Um, I I also think that um, put your tents way up high so the tide doesn't get you in the night is definitely a BJ and the Shadow Bats lyric. So we'll have to put <laughs> put that. Yeah, on that's that. good. Put that on the yeah. list. Um, all right, Riley, what do you got for us? All right. Uh, here we go. Hi, Michael, Bryce, and Riley. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Bryce. There we go. <laughs> I'm a huge fan, and I just had to share this. After watching the last two episodes of the new season of Expedition Bigfoot, it has me really thinking that I may have seen a Bigfoot and not a ghostly shadow person. Please let me know what you think of my experience. Almost 19 years ago, towards the end of summer, after sundown, my husband asked me to turn turn the water off outside for the sprinklers. I grabbed a flashlight and headed out to the turnoff at the backside of the house. I leaned over and turned off the water and heard something hit our neighbor's wooden fence. I looked up and swung the flashlight towards the noise. The neighbor's six-foot wooden fence started at the middle of their house, went towards our house about ten feet, then turned and went along our backyard, separating our properties. On the side of the ten-foot section was a black humanoid mass. It what? Had its, quote unquote, yeah, horrible. It had its quote-unquote hands on the top of the fence. So a tent. This is a six-foot fence. Is a tall, yeah. Mm. He's Mister Wilsoning it. Yeah, fully. Or Wilson. <laughs> Yeah, um, is that a home improvement, improvement. reference? <laughs> wow. Yep, it sure was. Wow. <laughs> Taking it back. What if Wilson's uh, a Bigfoot? We never saw his face. It's Plot twist. 
That's, um, anyways, uh, it had its hands on the top of the fence and it turned its head toward me. The head was huge and its eyes reflected the light like a cat or dog eyes. It looked at me for a second, turned back toward the fence and climbed over and into the neighbor's backyard. Whoa. The only noise it made was the slight scraping of the fence. I stood there for a second, turned and went back inside. I told my husband that was the last time I will go outside at night by myself in the backyard Damn, and told yeah. him what had happened. Maybe like tell the neighbor that a shadow person just climbed into their yard. <laughs> uh, the next morning, I realized that the neighbor's Rottweiler <clears throat> that is always outside did not bark at the shadow person. The poor thing must have been really scared or it knew this thing that jumped into its backyard. I also went out front to investigate a little more. The day before, we had dug up a large tree on the, on the side of the... <laughs> sorry. Now I'm like that listener, leaving a voicemail. The day before, we had dug up a large tree on the side of our house that had overgrown into the neighbor's yard. The fresh level soil did not have any footprints from whatever had went over that fence. If something with any weight would have went through there, it would have left some kind of tracks. I can't wait to hear what you all think. Keep up the excellent work. Love you guys. Amy from Southwestern Washington State. Wow. Southeastern. Southeastern. Yeah. Well, Bryce, you're our resident Bigfoot expert. What's your take on this story? Yeah, dude. That's a, what? I have no idea. That's got to be a Sasquatch or something, right? But no tracks, right? That's weird. Man. Maybe it was tiptoeing. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Levitating. Levitating. I mean, it's, there was eye shine, which is interesting because it's like a shadow figure, but it had eye shine. Yeah. Um, so that's odd. Yeah, um, that's creepy. Yeah, I don't. Humanoid I, it, behavior climbs. Yeah, it seems physical. It seems like so. I think there's some clues here that the the dog that's always outside did not bark at the. They're they're calling it a shadow person, but right, basically, yeah. I wonder if that dog has smelled that Sasquatch before, and he and the Sasquatch are friends. It's a possibility, not, right? I Why love not? that idea. Not I how I thought idea. I was going to end that sentence, but that's what. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, so you, I'm interested, uh, Amy, if you could smell anything, you know, because there's no, no scent described, right? So either the Rottweiler was inside while this happened, or the, um, the dog is cool with the Bigfoot. And then I also think it's invest. I also think it's interesting that this happened the day after they dug up a large tree. Mm, yeah. Right. Oh, right. Because yeah, they've kind of uh, in, like uh, changed the land, or yeah, kind of like maybe. Yes, I mean she this. brings up that it didn't leave any footprints, you know, in the soil. But I'm wondering if. Digging up the tree was a trigger for this paranormal event. What if it was Certainly the spirit possible. of the tree? And I it mean, was you moving remember, on. <clears throat> in in the old book, Hunt for Skinwalker by George Knapp, uh, remember they got on the land, the new rancher and the farmer, and they and they were told, just don't dig anything up. It was like as if right. digging on the property sort of drummed up these paranormal experiences or they you know they escalated them and so it became like this thing to not dig on that property 
I don't know. Maybe that was a sacred tree or a special tree or I have no idea, but maybe or yeah, it's just, it might be tied to that. You know, it's just, you know, you hear stories about, I don't even think the tree has to be sacred or special. It could just be the disturbance of the land where this thing either roams or, you know, like I said, if you want to get real spooky about it, what if it, what if like, let's just throw a big idea out there. What if Sasquatches are literally tree spirits, you know, that they, mm. cause we hear about this, right? We, that they sure. peek out of trees, they climb up yeah. trees, you know, uh, like we'll talk about this on the Patreon, but like on your show, you know, there's like footage of these like thermals picking up and then disappearing at the treetops. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I know yeah. this is a wild idea. I'm not saying I believe any of this, but it's like, so what if the tree was cut down, dug up, and the spirit of the tree was like, shit, I don't I gotta go find a new tree to inhabit or I gotta move on. Man, I don't I don't have a problem with that. I like that. You know, or it's this you will hear about, oh my God, and then what if when you build a house, haunted houses mm. are just the tree spirits, they're just Bigfoot ghosts in your house. <laughs> right. Well, isn't that the idea of what elementals are, right? It's basically yes. sort of this collective uh, consciousness of, of one of the elements uh, of, you know, of Earth, whether it's fire, water, wood, air, you know, and maybe you're right. Maybe there's something to that. I mean, Carl Jung used to think that we as a collective could manifest psychic phenomena. So why couldn't also uh an organism like a forest you know manifest its own type of phenomena yeah what if it's not even sasquatch or real sasquatch it's like a tree psychically projecting an image of some form of protector to help keep people out of the forest and then help because where when when we hear stories about sasquatch at least in uh the western tradition uh uh european settler tradition you know the first people to encounter them were loggers who were cutting down trees. Yeah, that's I, right. Yeah. I think I figured it out. <laughs> I mean, hey man. Pretty good. Well, I like it. What, what uh, this I if to test this theory further yeah. I'd be yeah, yeah, interested yeah. in what what is happening in the rainforests that are being clear-cut then like uh yeah, no, I, well, I keep I, taking it back to this ecological devastation thing. Right, I guess that's right. on my mind today. But uh, you know what I mean, though? It's like if, if we're talking about one tree in a yard. Riley, I'm not saying this plan person. is working. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not even saying this like paranormal yeah. free for all in these, uh, you know, palm oil no, fields. I, no, uh, I know yeah, that. I know that. I guess I'm just, you know, you hear stories of when that a lot of times houses have paranormal activity when like walls are being knocked down and renovations right. are happening on a house. So I just wonder, in all seriousness, you know, I'm taking right. it to the like, you know, by the way, I'm totally sober, the the like stoner level of thinking here, just to think outside of the box. But like, I just wondered if like, it is interesting that it there is a clue, I think, there that the tree was disturbed and the next day or that night this thing shows up, you know, could be, there agree. could be a correlation there. You know, yeah. or if this is a Sasquatch, it's like, this is my land. I'm the guardian of this land. He heard that tree being chopped down and then came down there to be like, well, what the heck happened here? You know? Yeah. Or, or I don't it's know. just a shadow person. Maybe it's completely separate from Bigfoot and or any psychic phenomena. Maybe who knows what these shadow entities are that people are yeah. encountering, not only at the end of their beds, but now I guess apparently in the woods too. 
I think I think the tree had something to do with it. I really do. It could just be a coincidence, but I don't know. I don't know. The moral of the story, though, at the end of the day, is husbands just go turn off the sprinklers yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get up you and know, do your job. Just just do your job. Come on, your, your wife might encounter a scary <laughs> Lorax. You don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> you can't having that. <clears throat> All right, boys. Uh, what do you think? Do we have time for one more tonight? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's do one right. more. Here we go. Okay, here we go. I'm a loyal patron, and I've listened to every show you've ever done. I look forward to Wednesdays every week, and I'm always excited when the other side comes out. And my kiddo and I listen together when I'm driving to school. No judgment, Michael. He loves Bullshit or Believe It, though he's starting to question the existence of Santa Claus. <laughs> Don't look at me. I'm sorry. I'm the one giving Santa spoilers left and right. Your show and Expedition Bigfoot have inspired our own Sasquatch hunting adventures. Oh, nice. I thought I'd share a couple stories from my life that have persuaded me that ghosts, oh, bringing it back to the supernatural, are real. I was a senior in high school, and my family and I road trip from our home in northwestern New Jersey to Gettysburg. Oh, my parents used to go there a lot. Uh, oh, no, wait. That was Colonial Williamsburg. Never mind. <laughs> Would be weird if my parents took romantic vacations to Gettysburg. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's what people do. Uh, by the way, this is all Michael, not the uh, reader. But this story doesn't take place in Gettysburg. Or a listener. Rather, our return trip through Pennsylvania. We spent the night. Why did you take me all the way to Gettysburg just to put me back in Pennsylvania? <laughs> context you know we spent the night at the jean bonnet or jean bonnet tavern in the small town of bedford pennsylvania a tavern and inn that dates to sometime around 1762 we arrived at the jean bonnet after dark and my dad mom sister and i and my uncle aunt and two small cousins piled out of our cars walked up the wooden steps to the ground floor of the stone tavern we entered on the ground floor, which was still a working bar where locals were tossing back drinks. The innkeeper directed us to the old wooden staircase that led to the second floor, where the guest rooms were located. By the way, this is the top floor. This might be important, but I can't tell because you took us to Gettysburg, and then that wasn't even part of the story. Uh, we were the only visitors staying in the night. I'm sure they couldn't have been original, but the stairs were extremely worn and dusty, and the beams that held up the wood-planked top floor were so old that they had bow- bowed, bowed, bowed in the middle. Bowed. Bowed, right? Bowed. Okay, I had it right. Yeah, they bowed. Yeah. Listen, I'm an actor. Um, I only know about bowing. Uh, <laughs> we- <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, we need to get Gary in here. To, you know, yeah, we do the, uh, need Gary. Gary should finish his letter. Linguistically, man, either way is phenomenal, man. Bowed, bowed, broad, beard. It's all the same word. Thanks, Gary. Far out. Meaning the dimly lit hallway that ran down the center of the building was noticeably lower than where the floor met the old stone outer walls. On top of that, the glass in the windows, which also surely couldn't have been original, was so old that it had run as very old glass does. So any view out of the tavern through these upstairs windows was warped and distorted. I knew nothing of the Jean Bonnet or Jean Bonnet or Jean Bonnet before our arrival, being a punk 17-year-old on a forced family trip. All I knew was I was walk- I, what I saw walking in. This place was old, dark, and creepy. That's all you had to say. I swung open the door to my room, and I hesitantly ventured in. It was dark, with more warped glass windows on two walls. Like the hallway, the wood plank floor was old, worn, and dusty. 
The old furniture was an antique bedside table, a small worn rug, and a small four post. Okay, who are you, George R. R. Martin? Let's just <laughs> so we're get talking to old the- here. Go- <laughs> we're talking old. I tossed my backpack onto the bed. I moved across the empty room towards one of the windows to see if there was any kind of view. It was then that the atmosphere changed in the room. Like the air pressure had suddenly increased, and I had heard a noise that made my skin prickle and feel hot from a rush of adrenaline. Have you ever been in a theater after lights go down and the play is about to start? Can you remember the noise of dozens of people whispering all around you, but being unable to understand what they're saying? That's what I heard. Suddenly, Mm. all around me, I could hear whispering voices. I ran out of the room as quickly as I could and joined my family in the hallway so we could head to dinner in the semi-basement of the tavern, which was a restaurant built into the side of a hill. (laughs) Though I was shaken, I didn't mention my experience, thinking I'd imagined it. But when we walked into the restaurant, I saw that the walls were covered in old newspaper and magazine clippings about how the tavern was haunted. As I said, I had no idea of the... What? That was very Valley Girl. I was like, ew. Oh, gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Old newspaper articles on the windows. Like, gross. gross. As I said, I had no idea of the inn's reputation, but years later, after recounting the story, I searched the internet to see if the place had a website. Eventually, I found it, and a quick look at the folklore page of the site made me think that my experience may have been more than mere imagination. Tales mm-hmm. of spirits and inanimate objects moving seemingly by themselves are not uncovered, uh, uncommon in the tavern. It may not seem like much, but the experience made such an impression on me that it caused me to believe that ghosts, whatever they are, are real. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ghosts are real. That's what we've been yeah. saying. Yeah. There we Man, go. I wish I had a local haunted bar to drink at. That sounds Especially awesome. from 1762 right yeah. yeah i also like picturing that he was like said he was like a punk like this like little punk rocker like writing this very sort of beautiful description of furniture and um, the dusty walls and yes. dripping glass and stuff it's, it's, it's nicely nicely written I mean, uh, yes did, you know, thank you that's from bit, sean in oregon who also has another ghost story that i think we'll probably save for another time but um yeah i also like the fact that like of course the punk's gonna like pick up on all the grime you know (laughs) yeah man yeah that's creepy though the whisp the whispering i don't like that yeah yeah that was similar i've told this story yeah i don't like i don't like that and yeah no i know it's you guys um that's similar to that story i told when i was in london and lived above an abandoned um uh, pub that was being refurbished. Oh, right, right, yeah. And mm-hmm. one night, a friend and I were walking past the pub, and we could hear the sounds. The empty pub. Uh, we could hear the sounds of plates and drinks clacking, and people talking as if it was a, a as if the place were full. It was mm. the weirdest thing. So, some there is something to it, and I think it's always fun to be justified later. Like that was weird, and then you find out, oh, I'm in a haunted house. You know. I feel right. like it's hard to uh, scare a drunk. You know what I mean? Because you're like, once you're kind of two sheets in, you're like, oh, I don't care. You know, like stuff's flying <laughs> totally. by. Like, you know, you just you're like, I'm here for it. I'm not moving. Uh, Come on over and give me a kiss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are you being so distant? Come on over and Come smooch on over here. Come and talk to me. It's a very lecherous right. drunk, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, the girls are barking. I think that's our cue to wrap up this week's episode. 
of Bigfoot Collectors Club. Thank you for sending in your L Files uh, reminder. If you got a story, send it in. Violet's telling you, Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. Um, we will be doing some shout outs after we sign off. So stick around for those. Uh, but uh, real quick, guys, you have any plugs? Riley, Bryce, go for it. I mean, I'm going to plug the uh, second tier of the Patreon, which is Riley's spe- special place. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm, Riley's special feelings <laughs> that's, corner. That's what we're, it's literally <laughs> what it is. Uh, I'm dropping scores. I'm dropping demos. I'm writing thoughtful letters about how I make music and what I think about life. And um, I really love it. It's really great. great. Um, those of you that are members of it, Thank you so much for giving me this outlet, and I'm really trying to give you your money's worth. It's an extra $4 a month if you're already on the Patreon. It brings you up to $9 a month. I know that's kind of a lot, uh, but like, I, we really I, – I can't express enough how much we appreciate you guys being on there. And we are – I mean, on the Patreon entirely, we're, we're really trying to give you your money's worth. And on in Riley's special corner, I'm really <laughs> trying to uh, do the same. What do we actually call it? It's called the ultra-terrestrial tier. Ultra-terrestrial tier. <laughs> Where you drop cosmic <laughs> right. tricks. Look, look, think... Riley's special corner is fine. However, <laughs> yeah. it can change week to week. Whatever. You know, right. depending Riley's on how Riley's feeling that day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Michael had a vision for it, and I immediately took it off the rails. But that's no, what happens I, when you I, give me my own I, part of the Patreon. No, I d- absolutely disagree. I think it's doing... I mean, I didn't expect you. I, I'll be honest. I did not expect you to write a journal entry every week, but I love it. You know what I mean? And I know that the listeners do too. And if you're listening and going, man, that uh, music I just heard in this episode would be great. Uh, is great. And I would love to hear it without Michael talking over it. Then that's what you get on the ultra terrestrial tier. You get these ambient tracks and you get some original demos from Riley's own brain that, that uh, he's sharing with you guys. So I think it's awesome. Right. And you can download it and keep it in your music library. Exactly. It's like uh, the ambient music is really fun. Uh, I mean, I listen to a lot of ambient music, not my own ambient music, but sometimes my own. Uh, like while <laughs> I'm just like hanging out in the house or reading or whatever, it's just like really nice kind of like background stuff. So you can, you know, build up yeah. a little music library from BCC. Nice. Yeah, this is Love a good that. reminder. Like, you know, the po- Patreon too. You have your own RSS link and you can listen to it just like you do this podcast on your favorite podcast app. You don't have to be sitting on the website listening to it, although that's fine, too. And those tracks, like Riley's saying, you can download them. They're yours to keep and save on your device Mm -hmm. forever. So um, Mm -hmm. you get to keep that stuff. Um, So that's, you know, same goes with the episodes that we drop over there. You can download all of those. Um, all right, Bryce. What so do you when got? you think about it, it's like a dollar a song, yeah. which is like iTunes. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, perfect. exactly. Yeah. Bryce, what do well, you got? Speaking of keeping of stuff, go visit our merch shop. Get yourself a cool new black hoodie. <laughs> we already did a merch with, a, with the Wolf Bros. Oh yeah, well, Let's and you know going. what? Uh, hey, we are in the midst of season three of Expedition Bigfoot airing go. on Sunday nights, Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. Uh, hell of a season. Go join us over there. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll be talking about that on the Patreons very soon. Uh, I have another podcast called Slate Your Name, where I talk to other actors about the ups and downs of working in Hollywood. Check that out on your favorite podcast app as well. I'm already two months in. I'm having a blast. Bryce was on it. You can check out his episode in this very fee. Um, it's great. And you know what? Uh, at some point, I got to have Riley on just to talk about what it's like being a musician in Hollywood. That's a great idea. Why the I, fuck I was, not? I was in a commercial. 
once. There you go. Actually, I've been in two Boom. commercials. So you live that. in LA long enough, they put you in a commercial. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. It's very true. All right, everybody, stick around for uh, Patreon shoutouts. For the rest of y'all, good night. And go get regressed. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. All right, let's do some shouties. All right, it's time for the BCC Shouty Awards. These are all the people that we're thanking who joined the Patreon since we came back from our hiatus in January. Sorry it's taken so long to thank you because, honestly, I just didn't realize it that much time had gone by. I don't know what's happening. Time is moving too quickly. Um, But let's get into it. Uh, Boys, get your thank yous ready, starting with Bryce. First person, Nova Zero. Thanks, Nova. Justin Sergey. Thank you. Sarah Stenquist. Thank you. Ross Cheever. Thanks, Ross. Demi Ray. Thank you. Ian Sayre. Thank you. Alan Kapowski. Thanks, Alan. Ryan Boole. Thank you. Brian Jones. Thank you. Jason. Wait a minute, Brian Jones. I remember now also Ryan told me how to say his name on the air because he's commented and now I feel like I've messed it up again. I think I called him (laughs) Buley or Buell. I think it's Buell. Probably Buell. 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 I'm going with Buell. Yeah. You have the Uh, hard job in this scenario. I know. Guys, I really shouldn't (laughs) be doing it. Um, Jason Wissinger. Thank you. Antonio Vento. Thank you. Ben Schroeder. Thank you. Tori. Thank you. Thomas Kelly. Thanks, Thomas. Una Rose. Thanks, Una. Tamara Peak. Thank you. Gordon Sternberg. Thank you. Nimbus Fly Hunter. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Joey Miller. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. Nimbus also supports uh, Slate Your Name in the Green Room, but that's a different show. Thank you, Nimbus. Uh, Randall <laughs> L. Nall. Sorry. Thanks, Randall L. Nall. Manny Villalobos. Thank you. Chris Sweet. Thank you. Annie Saunders. Thank you. Cameron Ronnies. Thanks. Nicole Chisholm. Thanks, Nicole. Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Christina Niddle. Thank you. Julie Steiger. That was uh, Julie who sent in the voicemail. Thank you, Julie. Oh, thank you, Julie. Thanks, Julie. Thanks James, for your support for all the years. James Verberg. Thank you. Danny Moe. Thank you. Timothy. Thank you. Stephanie Woodard. Thank you. Crystal. Thanks, Crystal. James Barnes. Thanks, James. Tyson Stoddard. Thanks, Tyson. MW8. Thank you. Ian Swerka. Thank you. Thomas Merska. Thank you. Katie Hare. Thanks, Katie. Hunter Smith. Thanks, Hunter. Stephanie Powers. Thank you. 
Shannon Watson. Thanks, Shannon. David Impson. Thank you. Freedom Masters. Thank you. Okay, these next two are absurd. Waffles. Yeah, thanks, Waffles. Rubber Dicky. <laughs> thanks, Dicky. It could be Ducky, but I think it did say Dicky. If not, <laughs> hey, I'll think way. Rubber Ducky, Wait. too. Whatever, whatever gets you through the night. Jude Temple. Thanks, Jude. Ian Allister. Thank you. Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Isaac Carrillo. Oh, sorry. Let me back that up. Whoa. Isaac Carrillo. Thank you. Or Carrillo. Samantha Sp- Spirito. Thank you, Samantha. Brett Stinson. Thank you. Sakara Jenkins. Thank you, Sakara. Rebecca Lagore. Thank you. Mike Astor. Thanks, Mike. And of course, last but not least, Jackalope Jake. Woo! Thanks, Jake. All right. Thank you, guys. Woo! There have been so many in that first round, and by the way, this isn't all of them. uh, That people, I could see people had dropped out and come back. They were they were in there twice. So I know we have a lot of people dipping in and out. That's cool. We thank you every time you come back and see. Yeah, however it works for you, we appreciate it. All right, guys, this is it. This is really the end of the show. Good night, and go get regressed. And thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.